0: No, my Heidi Mai. Welcome to Cult Chat, the podcast where we talk about control, coercion, and all things cultish. I'm Dr. Caroline Ansley. I'm a medical doctor. As a child, I lived at the notorious Centrepoint community, and now I run a website that advocates for former Centrepoint children.
1: I'm Liz Gregory, and I lead the Glorivale Leavers Support Trust. I've spent the last decade helping people exit Glorivale and journeying with them and building new lives.
2: I'm Lindy Jacob. I'm a former member of the Exclusive Brethren, and I'm part of the Olive Leaf Network, an initiative that supports people leaving high-demand religious groups. Come with us as we unpack the cult
0: playbook, talk to leavers and experts of coercive and controlling groups, and call for Kiwis to cult-proof their lives. Join us as we
1: traverse the cultiverse.
2: A warning, this podcast contains references to subjects and discussions which may be difficult for some people to hear. Please take care of yourselves and your whānau when listening.
1: If you would prefer to watch this episode, head to the show notes and click on the YouTube link Setting the Record Straight, Part A, Cult Chat, Episode 10. Hi girls. I'm so excited to have you here with us today. I've been working on a fantastic little project and I can't wait to share it with you. So what have you had your heads buried in?
0: Uh Kaz here. I've um I've been on TV this week. Not em, nothing to do with cults. Um it's to do with uh the most exciting uh uh moment in my calendar of the year, which is the Broken River Ski Area Cheese Roll. Oh. And I, I know you guys thought that cheese rolling was only for um, Britons on some hill somewhere in the south of England, I expect. But no, in the Craigieburn ski field, uh, ski areas uh, in in Canterbury, we chuck a big uh, circle of cheese down a hill and we all slide down on our tummies to catch it. And Seven Sharp was there to catch the whole thing and it was quite fun.
1: <laughs> I loved it. I saw you. You were standing at the top with your glasses like you were really serious, but I didn't see you tumbling down the hill. Did you just throw I was, your kids down? I was there. No, my kids,
0: my my, um, my youngest son, he had a, a little bit of a tussle actually for for the cheese. Um, His arch nemesis wins every year, unfortunately. <laughs> She's always winning. And he tried to get it off her and I thought he was actually going to wrestle her on television, but no.
2: <laughs> He uh, let it go, and she won. Um, yeah, I'm really fun. surprised that I'm really surprised that you, from the medical profession, will get involved in something so blatantly stupid in terms <laughs> of um, creating medical havoc. Like people break oh. their legs and stuff doing that. Oh, kind the, of snow, the
0: snow was quite soft. It's spring conditions. Maybe in um, July it wouldn't be so safe, but it's pretty soft. Yeah, so okay. we were all we are all sliding on our stomach.
1: Brilliant,
2: that's great. <laughs> well, obviously, Lindy wasn't there to join you. What were you up to, Lindy? No, no, I wasn't. Um, oh, probably a highlight of the week for me was having my uh, our first night away with our, our little people in, in a bunch of years. So, yeah, the grandies, we left them with the grandies and hightailed it up the coast and um, both turned up, as you do, and fell asleep for several hours. So that that was, yeah, that was the highlight for me, complete opposite end of doing a cheese roll.
1: Oh, well, I'm kind of jealous, both of you, because I've literally potentially spent 50, maybe 60 hours with my head buried in this new video editing software and I'm not a techo as what at all but um i learned that you can like YouTube you know how to <laughs> and wow. so I've been using like um audio programs and the reason is because um, a couple of weeks ago um the Deputy Prime Minister was on the nation Rebecca Wright had her on and asked her some questions about Gloria Vale and she was a little taken back she wasn't quite prepared to um you know respond but she did make a very foolish comment which was well, we had no indication that children at Glorabel were unsafe. Well, of course, that got the telephone ringing. (laughs) Um, And (laughs) so there was a good response. And so the following week, uh, Rebecca Wright actually went to Parliament and she asked Chris Hipkins, Prime Minister, then she went and asked um, the head of um, work Work, workplace relations and then she went to calvin davis oranga tamariki minister and mm. so they gave answers that we just we were just shaking our heads it was really infuriating and then the phone rang hot and the messages came in from leavers when they watched it and i thought you know what you can't leave bad comments that get out to the public to go unchecked it's actually not okay and so they clearly needed a bit more professional development and so what I just put out this little post one single post in our leavers updates group said look if you've got any comment on this and you want to contribute we'll just do a video combo uh, compilation send it off um, to the politicians and anyone else and let's just help educate them well I've got 20 people, Uh, the phone rang, some did a video clip, some rang in on the phone and we had to collect, you know, connect up the audio Um, some people wrote it and so we had to transfer that into something that we could put on a YouTube clip actually we had five contributors from inside Glory Vale as well of course they were all like heavily disguised actually we couldn't use their voices because even their mannerisms or even sometimes their lingo would be easily identifiable so we've made it so that no one one will get in trouble but you'll know who they are because I've got um, subtitles across the bottom saying, "Still living in Gloria Vale," and so really, it's just a, yeah, it's just a response to politicians. Um, they were dodging the questions big time, and mm. so it's been a really massive project. Uh, but I feel really delighted to have completed it today. Um, YouTube, yeah, it's up on YouTube. We've sent it off to a load of MPs, and t- today we're going to watch it together collaboratively, and we're going to comment. Um, we'll, we'll watch good decent portion of it we'll do say 15 minutes we'll comment we'll watch the next 15 minutes we'll comment and then there's a part two so we'll have a part two podcast bonus episode because there was so much to say because the levers really decided to Mm. go all out and help educate the politicians so why don't we listen in to Mm. the compilation and listen in to what the politicians had to say They kind of got nailed to the wall by the journalists, so we do want to thank Rebecca Wright for her efforts. All right, Um, team, here we go. Right on. Good. Well last week we asked the Deputy Prime Minister whether the 350 children in Gloria Vale were safe. We wanted to know if they were still being exploited for child labour as two court cases have now found.
3: This week another Gloria Vale man was sentenced in Christchurch for historic violence and indecent assault charges. Peter Truss forced young girls to strip naked, pose sexually for photographs and he beat them with a fence pipe. Gloria Vale's leader Howard Temple is also currently facing historic sex charges which he denies. So after all of this we went to parliament to find out what the government is doing
1: to ensure the safety of the children at Gloria Vale. Journalist Rebecca Wright from News Hub's The Nation asks the Prime Minister Chris Hipkins a few questions.
3: On Gloria Vale can you give us an update on the multi-agency response by the government what is happening down there right now?
4: It's so a tricky area because obviously there are some court proceedings ongoing, and I don't want to interfere in that. But where the courts have made decisions, we've got a multi-agency team which is being supervised by a group of ministers um, who are making sure that the findings of the court are actually being implemented by Gloria Vale.
1: Former member Virginia Courage
5: responds. Yeah, actually, we took the government to court because
4: they aren't
5: doing anything. So I'm not trying to. Sh- I'm not sure why they're claiming that they've done all. This, whatever sort of,
3: this is, they failed. So are children being exploited for child labour down there now?
4: Well, the various ministries who are working with Gloria Vale will be working to ensure that the rulings of the court are actually implemented. ...for children to be exploited in the way that the court has found that they have been, and so we need to make sure that the court's rulings are actually being enforced. Current resident of
1: Gloria Vale sets him straight. The government is
6: saying that they are working to make sure that Gloria Vale is complying with the court ruling. And I mean, have they done anything? Have they come in and said anything about what the girls do? Because if the girls are still just working and not being paid or anything, then it's not really complying with the court ruling.
7: Two former members respond I've heard from some of the young fellas themselves there. The young boys contracted thing is such a joke. <laughs>
4: but yeah, all the girls I've talked to lately, like, cause yeah, the same. Um... Yeah, they're still overworked, definitely. They're not being paid, they're not getting money, so, yeah. What I think is, like, if the government was going to do something about it, they would have already, but, yeah, but that's not to say they won't.
1: Back to the nation's Rebecca Wright.
3: So a year later from that court's ruling, why can't you stand up there and tell us that children are not being exploited for child labour?
4: Like I said, the the agencies that we've got going in there, I've got I've got the most recent update from them. But the agencies that we've got um, working on that issue have been making sure that the court's rulings are being implemented. Former member hopeful
1: disciple puts the prime minister straight.
4: There, there's a girl that we we know that that was in a situation where she was given a job that she was not happy about and was made. You know there was no option as to whether she wanted to or not and this was this was after the girls case.
1: A current resident provides input.
6: It's not exactly like it used to be but it seems to be pretty much just life as normal. They are trying to make life better for the girls and not overwork them and all that but they are still working. They are not getting paid. What choice is there for them? The washing, cooking, sewing and all that needs doing. And that's what you do. Your only choice is to pretty much leave Vale. A
1: former member responds.
7: Yeah, it almost seems like the government is taking any slight little indicative answer and they're just like, oh, yeah, yeah, so that's all good, you know, we're covering ourselves. And yeah, they're doing the bare minimum too. They're not actually going the full hole. Glorivale don't just want to go all out and say like, we need to change this, you know, what's the best way to do it? They just get spotlighted on one issue and they're just, oh, okay, we'll just sort of patch that up, and then the next issue, we'll patch that up. Yeah, they just sort of patch things up to make it, yeah, just get across the line. So it ticks the box.
3: But you can't, you, can, you know, can you tell me that children are not being
4: exploited right now? Well, I personally haven't gone to check, um, but certainly the agencies responsible are tasked with their job.
8: A current member of Global challenges the Prime Minister. Chris said he's never been here. Well, that's obvious. It must be about
1: time he turned up. Melody Pilgrim, a Gloryvale Vale leaver, has something to say.
9: I was like, so you're going to sit back and be comfortable and read your reports every few weeks, and you're going to let the leavers, the victims and leavers, supported by the Gloryvale Vale Leavers Trust and an amazing group of lawyers, you're going to let them do all the hard work and fight it out in court so you can sit up in your comfortable building and just read reports. Where is your sense of calling and duty? You're like missing the whole point of your position. Just so disappointed.
1: Workplace Relations Associate Minister, Priyanka Rarakrishnan, is questioned by Rebecca Wright. Uh, we've got a cross-government response that is being
10: led by the Regional Public Service Commissioner down there um, to ensure that there's work that is
1: happening alongside the leadership. Former member, Faithful Disciple, has something to say about that.
4: Some key words there. We're working alongside the leaders. Hmm. Working alongside the abusers? What direction do you
6: think they're going?
1: A current resident tells us what the leaders are really like.
6: The leaders haven't been kind, loving people. They've been abusive tyrants. Their way or get lost. For all that time living here, it's actually been quite horrible. It's actually kind of mentally traumatising. Always kind of living in a state of fear of watching my back. Who's going to dog me in?
1: Former member Virginia Courage comments.
5: She said that they have an agency, multi-cross agency, that's working with the leadership. Why are you working with the leadership? So you're asking the leadership who has kept these people enslaved, imprisoned, isolated. You're working with them now to somehow, what, get some bargain or plan how they're going to free them?
1: Gloria Valleva, Melody Pilgrim, adds her two cents worth.
9: You think the leaders are going to tell them, going to tell them what's going on and what's wrong in there? The leaders don't want to change. They've been forced to change because of the court cases. They're not going to tell them that there's still issues and problems that they can't actually work through. They're going to tell them that everything's fine and we'll just keep, you know, taking a tiny mouse by piece off at a time. And people just still getting exploited and abused in there.
1: A former member responds.
8: You cannot see what's wrong with a cult while you're in it. It's had a facelift, but it's still a cult at heart.
1: Back to Rebecca Wright.
3: So are those things happening or, you know, can you, are those things happening right now? Do you know that Gloria Bell is no longer exploiting children, for example, with child labour?
10: There's a fair bit of work with various government departments, including Oranga Tamariki, um, there to ensure that it isn't happening and my, the reports that I've seen is that they are working constructively with government departments. They are working constructively with government departments. They are working constructively with government departments.
1: Former member Virginia Courage disputes this. No.
5: How can they be? They're denying it. They're appealing the court case.
1: Former member Serena Pilgrim, who was also a plaintiff in the girls' employment case, has something to say.
11: That's just crazy to me because... They are once again finding a way to cheat the system. And that just goes to show they lie straight through their teeth about the fact that they're willing to change. They're not willing to change. And they'll always find a way to cheat the system. No matter what the government puts in place, they're always above that. And they'll always find a way around it in order to get what they want and still look like they're doing the right thing. But they're not.
1: Former members Virginia and David Courage add their insights
5: they are not understanding some of the mechanisms of a cult. And a cult says one thing to a person in authority or someone who's watching them, and when they're behind their closed doors and all alone in their beautiful little valley tucked away somewhere remotely, they do exactly what they want. Why are they dealing with the leaders? These are the very people that have been found in court to be in control. To be teaching coercion and the spiritual manipulation. The leaders that have got those people entrapped there are now the people that are saying they're safe. That doesn't sound very logical and sensible to me.
12: That's like asking a slave owner if his slaves are all good. And of course, a slave owner is going to say, Yeah, they're
1: happy. They're happy. A former member tells it how it is.
7: I know, it can make you upset and, yeah, angry. It's sort of almost laughable at the same time too. The thing you've got to know about the leaders is that they'll do the bare minimum. They will do something, they'll do the bare minimum though. The fact is they plainly want things to um, carry on the way they have always been carrying on. And they don't actually want to change. They'll only change things that they will be forced to change. And I know that because I know how they think. I've grown up there my whole life. I know how they think, and I know what they say to other people in personal discussions about these things, and that's exactly how it is.
3: And how can you trust, I suppose, what is going on within that community, given its long history um, of
10: what what we now know as child labour and exploitation and possibly abuse? Because, as I said, we've got a a number of different agencies who are and have been working with them for now over a year um, to ensure that uh, some of those bottom lines
1: are are met. Former member Virginia Courage has deja vu.
5: I love it here the government's saying that they've got reports and bits of paper. Um, it kind of gives you a bit of a replay of when they signed, I think, their policies for the charity services. And I remember the current overseeing shepherd then Hopeful Christian holding up the document at a public mealtime and saying, oh, well, this is just pieces of paper. We'll carry on and do what we need to do.
1: Associate Minister Priyanka Radhakrishnan talks about her pieces of paper. And by
10: all accounts that I receive, I receive six weekly reports from the Regional Public Service Commissioner and I can see that there is um, a will to change from what I've heard. A will to change. A
2: will to change.
1: Former member Virginia Courage is amused by that. A will to
5: change. (laughs) Is that why we heard in the court case, we're not doing anything wrong? Yeah.
6: Yeah.
1: A person inside Gloria Vale wants you to know the truth.
6: They're only changing anything because they're forced to. Not because they actually believe that anything was really bad. I just think that agencies just don't really want to do anything. They don't really want to get tough on them. They just come in and do stuff. But it's not like they can change it without shutting it down.
1: Former member Serena Pilgrim speaks again. The only reason they're willing to
11: change now is because the government's actually you know, turning around and saying, there has to be change. It's not them wanting the change, it's actually that. The change has to now
1: happen. Gloria Valeva, Victory Disciple, adds her perspective.
13: So all of these physical changes are actually not real changes because they're not coming from a heart of, yes, we want to give these people their life. We want to give them choice. We want to give them independence. We want to give them individuality. None of it is for that reason. It's only we want to get the government off our backs. We don't want them coming in here every day. What we want them to see is this a good, wholesome, thriving community of happy people. And yet it's not because all of those little changes do not change the underlying beliefs that their life is not their own.
7: A former member contributes. And they could change things faster if they wanted to. But the fact is they don't want to change. That is the truth. They say, yeah, we'll have change and we'll make changes. But the fact is, I know just about every single change that has happened in the last couple of years had just had to be forced on them one way or another. They did not voluntarily change anything. They were made to do it. I don't believe they want abuse in there, but they don't want to change anything in their way of life.
1: Back to the interrogation.
10: Have they changed? It's, it's a process, and that is what it's said. It's, it's a
1: process. It's, it's a process. Former members Virginia and David Courage had something to say about that one.
5: Can I laugh at that one?
1: <laughs> it's a process. <laughs> if- what?
12: If,
11: <laughs>
12: it's a process. If Gloria Vale wanted to change, it would change overnight. If they wanted to change, they would stand up and say, this is now what we're doing. It won't be a process. That is the process in Gloria Vale. When the leadership says we're doing something, that's what's happening. A process.
1: A current member of Gloria Vale responds.
8: Whoa. When she said changes are happening for a year now and it's a process, it could have been Howard speaking because honestly, those are his exact words to us over and over and we're just like, so change it.
1: Former member Virginia Courage tells us how change really happens at Gloria Vale. Just like that.
8: I would stand
5: up with a public announcement and it could be a 180 degree turn on a topic or a policy or some belief. That they've held and it would just be boom implemented that
1: moment no discussion this is what we're doing former member victory disciple speaks
13: um when i watched it i felt like it was a reporter talking to the glory of vale our leaders all over again well they just say whatever they can to get the pressure off them right then in the moment the leaders will always have a Of yes we're changing We're being responsible But to the people they never are They turn around to the people and say No we can't do this because this Organisation won't let us do this Or that organisation says we can't Do this and so they just Play everything both ways They figure out how The systems work in the Government so that they can find the Holes to then put on a show To the government but still Do what they want to do
1: A person still part of Gloria Vale comments.
12: I think if the pressure went off tomorrow, they would come back with an overwhelming flood and crush people that have embraced the changes. You've got multi-agencies wanting to change, and we've got a group of people within the community saying we don't want change. And then we've got a small group saying, I'll take any change you've got, whether it's a living situation or schooling situation or transport situation or anything which relates to independence or autonomy. And there will be another group in the community who will be thinking, I don't want to change because I know that the change is going to be temporary and that the backlash when the temporary change comes to an end is going to be far worse. And I don't want to be part of those people that have embraced change. They don't have a voice. Who are they going to talk to? A former member agrees. I can almost
1: guarantee you some of the changes that
7: have been made will revert back to what they
6: were.
1: A current member issues a challenge to the government.
6: There have been some changes and things have improved, but they are going to have to start doing something more soon. Everybody needs to be paid properly and have complete control of their own money because I think it's fair that everybody is paid for services. The hardcore brainwashed ones, they are not going to leave the community. The thing is you've got plenty of people here that still have got the cult mentality of it's the world against us. It's them trying to destroy the true church and this is our way of life and they are completely wrapped up in that so they don't want to leave.
1: Here's former member Virginia Courage. They're talking about the
5: fact that um, they know that there's harm being done, they've had court cases that have proved it, they've had people taken off to prison and yet somehow Gloria allowed to slowly process a change where else in the world would you be allowed to just slowly change
1: if you've done wrong you've done wrong let's pause here and have a chat with the girls all right cool what do you reckon ladies any thoughts
0: well well, um uh as Per usual, I'm struck by the eloquence mm-hmm. of um the voices from the levers that absolutely blow out of the water the archetype that people mm-hmm. in cults are, uh, you know, uh all those horrible archetypes about not being very clever or, you know, like that these people have got re- they've got deep understanding of the issues and they have got deep reflective abilities and mm-hmm incredible insights Um, and it's moving to hear what they have to say and their disappointment that's really um, quite moving for me
1: yeah yeah and later on as we listen you know one of them says where were you when I was a child you know that's it yeah I agree they're really eloquent smart deep deep thinking people and obviously when they come out they're able to actually you know let the their neurons and their brains fire up after getting some decent rest and sleep. They are able mm. to recognise their minds um, have been repressed and and you know they've they've suffered through uh, lack of education, but it's not lack of intelligence. They haven't been given mm. opportunities that could have come their way, I agree. Mm. that's that's so interesting. yeah,
2: I thought it was really interesting the different um the levers were very quick to point up. The difference in narratives between them as leavers or people who are current members, mo- mostly as well, um, as opposed, yeah, the narrative that they hold in their experiences um, is so different to the narrative that they're saying the leaders are giving, and it was sort of quite disturbing for me to hear them say that. Um, the words and the answers that the politicians were giving were the same as what the Gloria Vale leadership team mm-hmm. people are giving. That was that was disturbing for me and it must be really disturbing for them to hear. Mm-hmm. For them to hear that and to feel that. Because it's like, hang on, whose side whose side is the government of our country on here? Yeah, you know, interesting. It's and
13: a, a I...
0: collaboration. It sounded like a collaboration yeah. of 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 um foolery.
1: A collaboration of foolery of a charade that's incredible. You're right. It's a very strange collaboration because currently the government has been sued by the leavers for their failure to act in Gloria Vale against Gloria Vale and yet here they are having chummy meetings on how to get Gloria Vale back on track and yet we want the government to go in and enforce stuff like we do but they're just There's meetings and reports and obviously an intention to do something at some point. But like they said, you know, it's been a a year already.
2: Um, Very interesting. It it raises fascinating questions for me there too, because normally in any situation, obviously, you normally need to work with the leadership because in theory, they hold positions of authority and influence and power. But, um, you know, it's pretty clear here that working with the leadership is not working. But yeah, the change is not happening fast enough. And like they were just saying, um, why is this process taking so long? Like if, yeah, if, if something's on fire, go and put the fire out. Don't just say it's a process. Mm. Like, I, yeah, you do wonder, why is it so slow? Why is it still happening? I think I know. A failure
0: to, is there a failure to recognise the abusive mm. power of the relationship between the leaders that and, the, and cares, the members? Yeah. You know, like... like um, uh, the coercive nature of the relationship. Um, Yes. Yes. Yeah, if you don't Absolutely. understand that and you believe what's the impression management that we're yes. talking about, yeah. if yeah. you believe uh, yet to air that show will be coming mm-hmm. up in a later episode talking about impression management, it's it's the facade that the an abuser puts on for mm-hmm. their audience. Yes. But oh behind my gosh. curtain yeah. we see there's actually something else going on. Yeah. So the government are rather foolishly, despite all of these experts going in, are collaborating with the Act. Yeah. And and the bit that I'm asking is what are the obstacles for the government to take real action, to mm. actually enforce the crimes that are happening? What, what are those obstacles?
1: Mm. And clearly one of the obstacles is the people in there, their reluctance to talk and speak up and be honest and lay charges and say, yes, please go ahead, because mm. they've been taught that it's... Mm don't take your brother to court so, so they're actually tracked in the the beliefs that have helped lead to you know abuse and abusive organization now uh, mean that the accountability doesn't come easily uh, for the groups I love you mentioned uh, an episode that we do have coming up about an organization in crisis and Dr Wade Mullen wrote a book called something's not right and every day I find something out of this book I can share and he said that demonstrations of change and goodwill are a common tactic for any offending party and particularly when they've been caught out and he says demonstrations are used to win your favour and because they appear good you naturally want to believe they're free from hidden agendas And because you've likely been through a difficult process, it will be tempting to welcome and support a demonstration that signals a new beginning. So they're saying the glory of our leadership promising that change is coming encourages the people who are living there and they want to believe that. And he said, though, I want to encourage you to remain discerning and willing to confront abuse so you do not fall for the final ploy. He said it can be one of the most difficult steps in the process of an organisation in crisis. And you've got government and groups thinking they're going in good faith to have negotiations and discussions with a group who has no concept of what good faith looks like. And so, yeah, the question is, you know, you're talking to the people. These guys are under active police investigation for servitude, forced labour and slavery. And so, yeah, there's some massive questions here that need to be asked and answered and I don't know that I don't know that they can use the excuse anymore the government that they didn't know about coercion and manipulation because I can assure you there have been massive attempts to help them understand and if you Mm. just read through the court transcripts how come we all get it the New Zealand public gets it the media gets it so I don't think the government can use that as an excuse anymore. I think they know, but what are those barriers? Well, one has to wonder. I'm just,
0: I can't help, every time I hear about this, I can't help but think about roughly 1992, (laughs) New Zealand, North Shore Auckland, uh, uh, centre point, harping back to that old uh, bit of our history. And, you know, all of these people were in jail. There was media everywhere about what had happened to center point the leader or most of the leadership were in jail or were, uh, getting in jail but it actually took another eight or so years before the community was closed down by a group of oh how many was it i think it was 50 ex members they were all really concerned about what was going on in there and i think about 40 former children so they were now adults yeah. so it, it wasn't it wasn't a a, a government action it no. was a large group, just like the group that we've just seen sharing their little stories mm-hmm. about their own personal response to uh, these events. But mm. it took eight years. Mm. It eight well, eight that's, years.
2: That's fascinating, Kaz. I didn't realise that about point. I think yeah. the narrative in my head was that the police had gone in there and shut it down. No, so those the, really no, no,
0: no. Those, those um, uh, raids were 1989, 1990 and a lot of people left after that all happened because they wanted to wash their hands of it, and it was like you know they were like really shocked by what had happened and they left and they got out of there and and I think that the community itself shrunk markedly Um, and you could say that it was a different kind of community in the 1990s compared to the uh, the 1980s but you know it was still happening the abuse and harm was happening it just looked different and I have had communication from people who were children and teenagers in the 1990s so after all of the trials in 1989 1991, 1992, those three or four years were all those trials the sexual abuse of children the drug trials um all happened and they have communicated to me that they they were they were actually having sexual contact with adults it just was hidden it was um behind closed doors it was yeah, kind of weird contact. They didn't quite know what it meant, but it was happening. So, you know, like it wasn't this overt sexual mm-hmm. abuse that was happening in the nineteen eighties prior to all the convictions, mm-hmm. you know, right in front of you. You could see it as you walk past the showers. Yeah. Um, it was something different. So it all went underground after mm-hmm. all of the media attention. And in the end, was it the government that shut down Center Point? No.
1: Yeah, it is a deep concern and leavers are very aware that unless thinking patterns change, how, how can you expect the community to just uh, become healthy? And this is the thing, you can put on a great facade that everything's okay now. Well, actually, no, it's not okay. And um, as we're going to keep watching, you're going to hear from some leavers saying you can change everything physical about Glorabel, but you haven't changed the heart. You know, yeah, heart like that. That that
2: That guy said, Um, I think he said... It was quite a good little line, something about they might have had a facelift, but they're still a cult at heart. Yeah,
1: or... um, You can't see what's wrong with the cult while you're in it. It's had a facelift, but it's still a cult.
2: And I think some people
1: think, well, we can do a few things. You can just move some um, people into their own housing and give people their money, and that will solve all of Glorivelle's issues. No, it won't. No, it won't.
0: yeah people still don't have autonomy and freedom and they're still afraid yeah fear and the agenda is still goes counter it's counter to uh individuals having the thing having a life that is their best life it's counter to that it's the opposite it's the cult leaders and the organization getting their needs met and getting what they need so the agenda is opposite
1: Hmm. And their needs met is continuing to hold on to power because that's the Mm -hmm. way you have a better life in Gloria Vale. You get to make decisions. No, they're not in castles. They haven't got yachts and expensive vehicles and the average pleb in there doesn't. No, that's not their currency. You know, they have eternal security and they get to dominate people. You know, that's their currency decision, get to make decisions. Um, Lindy, I wondered how you felt when they talked about the people inside Glory vale saying, oh, it's just the world against us and they're trying to destroy the church. Did that sound like an exclusive brethren <laughs> throwback?
2: Yeah, I think I think lots of um lots lots of persecuted groups or persecuted religious groups in particular do have that mentality of it's of it's us against the world. Definitely heard that a lot. And yeah, it's it is it's really tricky, isn't it? Because um who gets to define what which perspective is accurate, or which perspective is reality, for these groups that is extremely real to them. They've built their lives on it, and um of course they in some in some sense under religious freedom they have a right to hold certain religious beliefs. But um as we discuss time and time again, um religious freedom does not it's not an excuse to to just trample over all sorts of other human rights and freedoms either. And I guess that's really the crux of what we're saying here, right, is that, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, they might have some religious freedoms, but they don't, that doesn't mean that they've um, got a free pass to all kinds of other human rights abuses. But I guess, yeah, that's the tricky thing we're narrowing in on, I suppose, that the government is, it seems, um, totally incompetent to be able to deal with, Mm. is um, trying to educate them or change their world view mm. on what is a human rights abuse and what isn't because under their world view it's perfectly
1: acceptable
2: to treat people like slaves
1: they don't believe in human rights they admitted it in the court case yep. yeah. yeah oh wow. Well, shall we continue in let's see what else what else comes out of the woodwork huh here we go fantastic rebecca wright from the nation continues to question the associate minister for workplace relations
3: it's taken already a year. This is child labour exploitation abuse that we're talking about.
10: As I've said as well, in em- there are employment court rulings. There's the latest ruling that shows that uh, the women who took the case were not volunteers, they are employers. We are waiting for the other part of that ruling as well, in terms of who then is the employer.
1: Glory of our Lever, Serena Pilgrim, comments. And it just makes me so upset
11: to know that people, you know, what we did is sort of. At the moment, it's all for nothing. Like, just hurry up and bring the change that needs to happen. I'll stop stop putting it all off because okay, so you think you're better than the government or you're better than everyone else in New Zealand.
1: Former members Virginia and David Courage speak.
5: She's inserting the government into the fact that they've been involved in some way with these court cases, whereas actually the first defendant in our case is the government, is her because it's massive failure across decades. They've ignored the problem. They let the original overseeing shepherd go back after he'd been imprisoned. That should have never happened. They let him return to Gloria Vale and be in control again. And they've been duped again and again and again. Each government department has taken their turn, whether it's been Aero or Charity Services or now the the employment agencies. You know, it just goes on and on and on.
12: Without knowing the employer, you should still be enforcing basic employment rights.
1: Back to the Associate Minister.
10: But, as I mentioned, there is a fair bit of work, there are support, there are support services there in place as well for anyone who does report um, abuse to be able to be dealt with. But you know as well as I do that this is a, um,
3: a community brought, um, built on power and control. And for people to report abuse from within that community is extremely rare. It's only when they usually get
1: out. Gloria Vale lever, Hopeful Disciple, comments.
4: Uh, well, the facts of the matter is people in Glorivale still do not have the freedom to voice how they are feeling about situations. So um, there will still be people who are working in situations that they are not happy with and not they haven't got a choice in.
1: Virginia Courage identifies the heart of the problem. The women still are not having the choices. Someone
5: else is deciding their life. And this is the issue we've got. The leaders are in control of people. If you are in control of people, you have got slaves. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you for actually getting the issue and making these politicians squirm because they need to because they have failed. She gets it. She gets the issues that are underlying all the policies and the government departments. It's the fact that there's power and control and coercion. A lot of people, and particularly agencies, want to just focus on the sexual abuse issue, but it's so much deeper than that. It's the coercion. It's the empower of balance. It's the control. So
1: it's not just that people can't report abuse. Gloria Vale leaver, Melody Pilgrim, speaks honestly.
9: Uh, There's no way for a child to report abuse in Gloria Vale. They are trained to obey, to be quiet, to be still. There's no way that a child is going to approach an outside person or even an inside person in Gloria Vale and tell them that they're being abused. They've been trained their whole life not to speak up about what's happening to them. They've been trained and told that suffering's good for them. How is a child even going to utter the words? The whole place is run on fear. Like, everyone's afraid to speak up. Everyone's afraid, if I do this, someone's watching. Someone's always watching me. What? How am I going to act? How am I going to speak? Everyone's going to be watching you. If you even try and go and talk to someone, if you're even brave enough to approach OT, or the social workers in there, you know, who's going to be watching you? And it's just, it's very, would you say, it's almost like a concentration camp of fear, where these people are just getting put down, put down, and in the name of God, and, and everything that they preach is actually against what God is. Yeah, yeah so I'm
1: just like, <laughs> politicians, ministers, get up and do something! Virginia Courage talks about getting support. Maybe 1% or 2% of the people get that support.
5: Most won't, because there's layers and layers and layers that are preventing them. They're trapped in their minds. They're trapped psychologically. They're trapped spiritually by what they've been taught. And they're conditioned. So many of them don't even know what abuse looks like. They don't know what abusive language is. They don't know what abusive behavior is. And because most of them have suffered extreme trauma and multiple aspects of their life, they shut down when they see it. They turn their eyes, they walk away. Because they can't do anything.
3: So I suppose what I'm asking you is can you guarantee New Zealanders that the 350 children who are in Van right now are safe? We are absolutely working
1: on that. But that's not a guarantee. Virginia Courage picks up on that political dodge. <laughs> she didn't answer that. Former member Melody Pilgrim tells everyone what she's thinking. i
9: I'm really fed up with the attitude toward it. I'm just like, I'm over it with you guys. <laughs> you don't want to do anything, step aside and let someone else who's going to do something do something.
11: It's still not enough. It's still
1: not enough. Former member Serena Pilgrim comments.
11: We now automatically know straight away that children in there aren't safe because they've appealed, which means they've put things on hold already and you know, it's and
1: the Home of and have to A current resident is disturbed by the Minister's comments.
8: It's really sad and at the same time maddening that they actually believe it is safe and enough appropriate changes have and are taking place. They have absolutely no idea. It's petrifying to even think of standing up to those guys and just telling them that yes, we do want change. The people want change. Howard and now Stephen are always saying we need to change but it's going to be a long slow process because the people aren't ready for change. The people do want change and they want it yesterday. We feel so excited and then disappointed every time they say we need to have some big changes because they don't happen. They never happen.
1: Former member Victory Disciple talks about the impact of being let down. When we lived
13: in there and we were um, heard about um, government agencies coming in, there would be this rise of hope that maybe they would validate what we were living in as bad and wrong. And every time they didn't, it just enslaved us more to the system because we felt like, well, if they don't see this as wrong, we can't complain about it anymore because we already aren't being listened to by the people that are in control of us. So it kind of leaves you really powerless and disappointed, and you just lose your will to live and hope and dream.
1: Virginia Courage is still upset with the charity services for letting them down. When charity
5: services turned up in 2017, I remember thinking, wow, wow. This is going to help revolutionise this place. This is going to get us back on track. This is going to get some really deep issues across decades in order. And nothing happened. And then I find out that basically Glory Vale could write some policies and sign off that they were going to keep them And the charity services were happy and off they trotted. Pathetic. Nothing in our life changed. In fact, it probably got a little worse. And while we're in there, the leaders are beating on the people emotionally, verbally. You know, don't you ask for an easy life. Don't you go trying to find some way that's a bit easier on your flesh. You know, the road to heavens paved with suffering. Your life should be difficult. Your life should be hard. Today they still
1: teach that today. Former members, Victory and Hopeful Disciple, contribute some more.
4: Um, I would be really disgusted with the government if they're going to take the stance that it's all fine and they're not going to do anything about it because when... As as somebody living in Gloriavale, you are constrained by all these uh, religious beliefs that uh, you can't actually do anything about your situation without kind of giving up your faith, so to speak. But for the government to come in and actually force some changes is a lot more um, painless way of it happening.
13: It's really sad that they can um, go into an institution that has worked the way it's worked for 50 years. There's been court cases against offenders and it's still carried on. And they think that they're seeing the reality. They don't see it. We've been trained our whole lives to not let outsiders see the reality. So I don't care if they're there two hours every day of the week, they are not going to see what is actually really going on people's minds, hearts, and lives. Let's head back for a
1: chat.
0: That little segment um, was really quite moving for me. There was a number of such heartfelt, um, oh, like gruelling statements, really. That just really moved me, Um, particularly the comments by Virginia in Victory um, about choice, about... um, Exposing how the the community is built on power and control, and how Rebecca, the the interviewer, um, uh, seemed to really she nailed straight in on that. She got in uh, to the who's the um, the woman who we've just been listening to the the um, oh, head of the works, minister,
1: work safe, uh, um Workplace Relations, MBIE, effectively. Yeah,
0: yeah, that woman who's we've just been hearing hearing clips. Um, from her you know like the the complete lack of understanding mm. that of power and control and and what that actually looks like that's I think that was so moving to me to see the um the the leavers or the members actually just nailed it you know like this is what it looks like when people are controlled they don't speak the truth they're afraid mm. you know they they play the game they mm-hmm. um They don't volunteer reality because it's Mm -hmm. too psychologically risky for them to do that. That's right. right. We
1: saw it in the court case. It was like, what planet are you on? Like some of the people from Inside Glorival who sat there and just said the most ridiculous things that even people in Glorival knew weren't true. And um, yeah, yeah, I think there was a comment. Uh, David Steadfast was one who was just on another on another place and uh, one of the leavers had commented in the court case yeah he's got this utopian view this is his view of utopia he actually thinks Mm. like this which is i
2: found it i found it fascinating one of them one of the leavers said that um you know an outsider or a politician or something could go and visit glory Mm. every single day and they'd Mm -hmm. still never see the realities i found that super fascinating because um yeah i believe that I saw some of that growing up too, around um, yeah, presenting a certain narrative or image to outsiders about what life was like, and um, yeah, I think the person used we were tra- used a statement around um, we were trained to present mm-hmm. a certain view to outsiders, which I thought was so fascinating, and yeah, I think sometimes these people don't quite realise the extent of. Um, Yeah, how important it is to those who are members of these groups to um, be on the defence against outsiders and to be doing the impression management with them. So what you see is not what's actually there. No, and so I was. I was speaking to
0: someone just today because I've been um, doing some uh, conversations with some people involved with uh, on the outskirts of Gloria Vale, and asking them about their experiences with Gloria. So not members, but people in the West Coast community. Someone just said to me today how um, how their, their initial impressions as an outsider going into Gloria Vale was of uh, that, that it felt really lovely and and they felt really looked after mm-hmm. and cared for. And I said, Sounds like you were love bombed. Mm-hmm. And they said, Yes, I felt quite seduced. Yes. And and they mm-hmm. actually recognized that in this relationship, this ongoing relationship they were having with the community, mm-hmm. that there was this seductive, mm-hmm. um, you know, like Love bombing. I said, love bombing. And they said, yes, yes, they were love bombing me.
1: And a and- faithful Christian was a great, he was great at hospitality. Had a leave here just yesterday saying he was amazing at it,
0: you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's very much it's an intentional thing. It just reminds mm-hmm. me of Center Point, how Center Point used to have a an open day where mm-hmm. um they absolutely put on a show and they had fashion shows and they they took you could go around and look at all their different cause they they were a very creative community and they had a, um like mm-hmm. um a clothing area and a pottery and they made all this different craft stuff and you could go around and see it and sometimes there'd be a fashion show and the children will be running around and yeah. having this wholesome outdoor kind of yeah. commune living and it was this beautiful thing and my family was so h- hooked in you know um yeah. it, it it looked wonderful but yeah. so you know like that they're, they're trained people are trained
6: absolutely.
0: Um, you know yeah, and when anyone's looking and coming in inside with a microscope yeah. absolutely the leaders make sure they're around
1: to watch and control what's said yeah and they don't even need to be around anymore People in there know that's too risky. It's called a risk assessment. I think that's a mm. phrase I've really picked up on. Another concept that perturbs me is everyone's ability to skirt around the concept of what safety looks like in a group like this because the question was you know are the children safe and so one politician wants to focus in on well are they being exploited for labor no well, we're doing some work in this area but another politician says are they safe and they're like well we've gone in and we've run some sexual abuse sort of you know um, workshops how to recognize it and how to speak to people but what they don't realize is that safety it's it's more than just sexual safety it's more than just just even physical safety, it's about emotional and psychological and mental safety. And so if you ask a question, are the children in our safe, leavers will say absolutely not. Yes, you could lock up all of the sexual offenders. You could stop them being spank- spanked and hit. You can, you know, make sure they're working decent hours. It's still not safe, they would say, because the thinking mm. is not safe. The people don't yeah, even know was-
2: That was really interesting. I think Virginia said it's not just about sexual abuse; it's about power and control and all these other dynamics. And someone else said it's there's that additional layer of the religious thing. Of someone said it's all done in the name of God, so it's got this extra power. Yeah, weaponized
1: faith.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Well, here's and it broke my heart to hear them talk about the little kids saying that there's just no way that kids would ask for help or even name that abuse is going on because you know that you're not supposed to talk mm. or tell about that and and if suffering or discomfort is again supposed to be part of your faith or your pathway to heaven mm. then yeah there's this whole psychological mentality thing going on mm. that's but I guess the question is what do you do about that how, how did mm. what what can a government do about that
1: well part two so part Part two of our um, podcast, where we'll be airing that a week from now. And that's actually some of the big part of the question you know, what can the government do? And Calvin Davis from Waranga Tamariki is very happy to tell us very quickly what they can't do. And it was actually quite alarming and quite disturbing. It gave us a little bit of insight into what the government is thinking about. Um, before we head off and uh, finish up this episode so we can get on to the next one, um, there was just something about that concept of change as a process. And um, Wade Mullen's book says that's what abusive organizations always say. It's like their wow. catchphrase. They they say, be patient with us, change change takes time but all it does is gives them time to wrangle another layer of deception into the story and that's what's happening. is just holding out and holding out and holding out mouse bite pieces at a time a mm. little bit here, a little bit there saying yeah, yeah, it's it'll take time meanwhile, you know, how many years are we? We're five years down the track we're from the original yeah. charity services report where they wrote a few bits of paper and, 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 and got a pass on it and, and this is just too many years there's been too much damage done and actually change doesn't need to be a process because if you're sorry for what you've done an apology can be instantaneous and people will know it what was it like a clap of thunder like a a Mm. a lightning strike people know when there's a genuine heart change and I can tell you nobody's convinced about that yet with Gloria Mm. Vale. Oh, wow. Shall we, shall we wrap up part, part one of our, um, of this and, uh, encourage people to come on back for, for another round? Make sure you share this video with officials, MPs. We are calling for a Royal Commission of Inquiry into Glorivale and also into government failures. So, you know, our challenge to everyone is, you know, MPs, what will you do for the children at Glorivale? You know, will you be the one to make an impact on the next generation?
0: Yeah, so if you've um, enjoyed today's episode, please keep listening to more episodes of Cult Chat on Planes FM or on your favourite podcast platform. Please tell your friends about the show and leave a review on our Facebook page so our message can spread further throughout the Cultiverse. Thanks, everyone.
1: We'll see you all Ka- for part two soon. Ka
2: If anything in today's episode was upsetting for you and you'd like to talk to somebody, free call or text 1737 for support from a trained counsellor. Or visit the resources section on the New Zealand Olive Leaf Network website for a range of resources that might be of interest and use to you. The views, thoughts and opinions expressed in this podcast are the speakers alone and Cult Chat does not necessarily share or endorse them.